You're listening to the Banner Church Podcast, recorded in Scottsdale, Arizona. Thank you so much for listening. For more information, visit us online at thebannerchurch.com. Good morning, Banner Church. We're so excited to be here with you this morning, and I have to say, I am just overwhelmed that back at the end of February, you guys launched us and we turned over the reins to Pastor Josh and Katie. And I have to say, I am more than amazed and blessed and excited and proud of Josh and Katie and where you guys have gone and where you guys are taking. And I just know the Spirit of God is here. And so I, I can we thank Pastor Josh and Katie and honor them? You guys... You know, it's one thing to turn a church over, but it's another thing to see that you guys are superseding even our expectations, and you're just allowing the Spirit of God to move you and shape you and and brand new church and lead the people. And so I, I look over you guys today, and I see almost like a brand new church. Like many of you I don't even know, and I've never seen before, but I am so excited that you are joining and linking together. And if you're new here today, You're in an amazing church. That's all I can say. You're in the right spot. God brought you. Amen. And I also want to thank you guys because literally, you might not realize this, but Banner Church is one of our biggest supporters um, as we are doing the Metcalf mission. You guys have adopted us, not just launched us, but you're partnering with us. And we are your hands extended to Thailand. Some of you won't be able to go. Some of you will be able to pray, but never be able to have your feet there in Thailand. But spiritually, you are with us. And I believe that many of you are going to join us someday. And um, I have to say to the women, we are going to be doing a women's uh, missions conference. And I am so excited. God just totally downloaded exactly what's going to be happening on that. But October 8th through the 18th of 2019, we're going to do the first ever World Sealed Conference. This is going to be bringing women from all over the surrounding nations that are around Thailand, which is Nepal, Cambodia, uh, Vietnam. We're going to be having women come in, leaders. We're going to be resourcing each other as we go into rescuing women throughout the red light districts and going into the prisons. And so I'm excited. I'm so excited. And... um, I want to thank you guys for standing with us and believing with us, but I believe some of you women in this room are going to be going with us in next year, and um, especially Katie. Katie, you have to go. Um, uh, I can't wait to see what God is going to do, but we're going to have such an awesome time together, and um, I I just want to say... Sealed ministry is, some of you might go, what is sealed? Sealed ministry is a ministry that rescues women out of the red light district. Matter of fact, our own Tara um, that comes here at this church, she, she actually helped develop this curriculum. It's a curriculum that teaches English, conversational English. Um, through the word of God. And so we go into the red light district. We honor those ladies. We honor them because they feel so uh, destitute. They feel so desperate. They, they feel lost. They feel just, just like nothing. And so we're going to build them up and we're going to honor them because God, we, we honor God, but we honor people. And that opens a door for us to be able to minister. So we're going to give them a white rose. We're going to give them a card that says, you know, we we offer them a free coffee at the local coffee shop. And then we're going to teach them free conversational English. And then through that, through the word of God, we're going to build relationship with them. And we're going to rescue these women. And I am believing that in 2019, I am believing for 500 women to come to know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. Amen. So um, many of you have partnered with us, and I'm so grateful and honored that you would um, believe in us. But I just want you to know that we truly love Banner Church, and you guys, you guys are the most special. Back in the end of February, you launched us, and uh, it's miraculous that 10 days from now, we're going to be going to Thailand, so we're 10 days away. You're one of our last stops on our journey, and it's like you started us, and now we're ending with you, and I am just, I just feel so blessed. And for those of you I haven't met yet, I can't wait to meet you, and thank you for loving us and supporting us and believing in us. Um, we deeply, deeply love you. Amen. Praise the Lord. Um, 
I'm so excited to be here this morning, and again, as Bridget said, to see uh, some new faces, people we have never met. Uh, we love you. We have missed you. We've been at a different church every Sunday since March 1st. <laughs> We've been traveling. I have to say it feels so good to sleep in my own bed and to be back in my home church. I love it. And so I got up this morning just like, thank you, Jesus. I just got out of my own bed for once and all six months and all this time, and it, it just feels good to be home. And uh, to be with you here this morning and to just to sense the, the Spirit of God in this place, it is so encouraging. And the Lord has just blessed us. We're ready to launch and ready to go here in 10 days, as Bridget mentioned. And uh, we're excited. This uh, next, early next year, we're going to be relaunching uh, the church there in Bangkok under the banner, not only of Scottsdale, but of the banner of Jesus Christ. It's going to be Banner Bangkok as a sister church of Banner Scottsdale. And we're thrilled. I've asked Pastor Josh and Katie to come in February, and we're going to do the same series we did here when we relaunched uh, under ban the name of Banner and ask him to come to conclude the series, uh, the Banner series there in Bangkok as we relaunch. We've already shared the vision with the leaders there, and they're so excited to partner with us here, even though you've never met them or been with them, they're really excited. They haven't had a pastor or a real vision in over two years, so they're really anxious for us to get there. And really, it's because of you, as Bridget mentioned, your support, um, your prayers for us. Many of you have done just little things that have made a huge difference in, in our life and our ministry, and for that, we're extremely grateful for, uh, for that. God bless you. God bless this church. Uh, this is a great place to be. It's a great time in the kingdom of God, and uh, there's a lot of work to be done. We're anxious to get on the ground and, and to begin um, the vision that God has given us for this place and for the church and the ministry there. Uh, so we're really looking forward to it. Olgie's going to be joining us sometime early next year, and then Chandler and Kaylee are coming next June to help us with the campus ministry there. So we're excited about the team that God's going to uh, form together there uh, early next year. I was thinking about this theme, and I love the theme that, that uh, Pastor Josh has chosen about being all in. And the first thing that came to my mind is I thought how important this is that we're not just going to church on a Sunday morning, but in our heart there's that sense that I'm all in with Jesus, I'm all in this relationship, I'm just all in. And when we're all in, it makes a huge difference in how we live our life, how we make our decisions, and, and really our priorities in life change dramatically when we're all in, and there's something about a relationship with Jesus Christ that's so different than anything else in the world because it's a covenant relationship. God has made a covenant with us, and I'm going to speak about that in just a moment, but it's a covenant where he's been all in. He gave everything so that he could be all in in that relationship with us, and there's that sense of security knowing that my God is all in with me in that relationship. And I think that's so important. When I was a student at Arizona State University, I made that decision. There was a, like a transition that happened in my life uh, many years. I won't tell you when I was at ASU. I'll just tell you that the football team at that time was really, really good. <laughs> they were going to bowl games every year. I never missed a game. Uh, but I remember when I made that all-in decision, and really it was, Lord, I'll go where you want me to go, and I'll do what you want me to do. And I felt this... Um, incredible call to go to South Asia when I graduated and to serve in just any capacity I could in, in South Asia in missions. And I just wanted to be there. And many of you know my story. And briefly, I, I was diagnosed uh, in my junior year of college with a, a rare eye disease that still today there's no cure for. I was legally blind in my left eye. My right eye, the disease was progressing. I was told by my doctor, one of the uh, corneal specialists here in Phoenix, he said, you're going to be visually impaired or legally blind the rest of your life. You have to accept it. How many know we don't always have to accept everything what people say? But I, I knew that God could intervene on my behalf in the situation. But I was all in. And in my senior, I had my, my books were on cassette tapes back then. Who, how many remember cassette tape days? Some of the millennials is like, what is that? Well, it's, uh, I'll tell you later, ask me after service. I might even, I think I have an extra one in my house, <laughs> cassette tape. And I remember as I was in my senior year and feeling a sense of discouragement, it was like a wilderness being in this uh, place of like, Lord, I'm all in. Here's where I want to go. This is what I want to do. And, 
And, uh, but I was losing my natural vision. But what really scared me is when I begin to lose the vision that God put within my heart. Because I know that we don't walk by sight, the Bible says, but we walk by faith. Amen? We might walk by what God speaks to our heart and our spirit. We're driven by that. And I got to a point where it really concerned me that I thought, well, maybe this isn't what God has for me. Maybe this is not what God wants. I began to question. And there was a friend of mine. It was like a, a Jonathan that I'm going to speak about here in just a moment that came to me. He said, Dana, has God really called you? Yes, I believe he's called me. Uh, you know, are you all in with this call? Are you all in with this? Yes, I'm all in. He says, well, you need to push forward. You need to ask God to give you wisdom and direction and how to see this happen. But you, you're all in. you got to keep going and not give this up. And as you know the story, I went before the Lord and really sought God. And the Lord just spoke to my heart and and it was the craziest thing. I don't recommend this unless you really hear from the Lord. But God said to me so clearly, buy a one-way ticket and go get there, and I'll do a miracle for you. Now, I didn't know anybody there. I didn't know where I was going to stay. I mean, all those unanswered questions were, but I just felt like I said, get a ticket and go and show up, and I'll do a miracle. And so I thought, I'm all in. I'm going. And I bought a ticket, and I'll never forget when I um, bought that ticket, and I was just, I graduated uh, from ASU, and I was getting ready for, to prepare for my trip. I'm legally blind in my left eye. I've got enough vision in my right eye. I'm it's still functional. And I woke up one morning, and the people had been praying for me for several years since I was diagnosed with this uh, eye disease. And I woke up in the morning, and I could see this picture on my wall that was so clear. And I could, I was like, it was like the blind man. It's like once I was blind, and now I can see. I rushed down to my doctor, and, she, and the nurse said, well, you didn't have a scheduled appointment. I said, I know I didn't, but uh, I need to do something. And she said, well, what are you here for? And I said, I want to read the eye chart that I could never read before. And she thought I was just playing around. She got really upset with me. She said, I don't have time for this. You can't read the eye chart. You need to leave. I said, I'm not leaving until I read the eye chart. And she put it up on the wall, and I read this thing down to the 2020 line. I can't repeat everything she said, but one of the things I remember clearly, she said, Dr. Mattman's going to blink and he blink his pants when he sees this. That's all I remember. And he came in, and I'll never forget, is he just he examined me, did it again. I'm like, say something, you know. And he said, Mr. Metcalf, I wish I could say this was the work of my hands, but I know that it's not. And he called in Channel 3 News to his office. I'm sitting in the examining chair. They're interviewing me, and it was on the 3 o'clock, 6 o'clock news on Channel 3 the very next day, sharing my testimony and my interview about what God had done. And I'm going to tell you something. I was all, it was because I was all in. I was all in. And I took the ticket. I got off the plane, and I got there. I didn't know where I was going to stay. I sent one last letter to a missionary that showed up, and and I saw one white face in the back of this terminal at the airport, and I was, I was scared to death. And I thought, well, maybe he speaks English and can tell me where to go to stay. And I'm walking up to introduce myself, and he goes, are you Dana Metcalf? And I just wanted to hug this guy. You know, he's like, I got this. So he pulls this letter out of his pocket, and he's like, I got this letter that you were coming. It's like, what are you doing here? And I basically told him, God has called me here, and I'm all in. And he says, well, there's got to be more than that. And then he got on the phone and made some phone calls. He goes, we got this guy here that just flew here. He doesn't even know what he's doing here or where he's going to stay. You know, we've been praying for laborers to come to this field. It's in the country of Bangladesh, one of the poorest countries in the world in South Asia. Would you make an exception for him? Because that door had closed. All the doors closed for me. But God took me there, and they said, you know what, we'll make an exception. And God opened the door when I landed on the ground. And I've learned the value of covenant relationship and being all in in regards to that. And the title of my message this morning that I want to leave with you here today is Yahweh Has Given. And if you would turn with me to 1 Samuel chapter 23, I want to read just a few verses. And I want to exhort and encourage you here this morning because Bridget and I, we're going again into this endeavor to advance kingdom purposes, not just to um, advance uh, the church in, in the sense of being a sister church in Bangkok, and we're so excited about that. We thought we'd be planting a church in Asia, but God opened this door for us to join together this partnership. But one of the things that the Lord has been speaking to me in the last few weeks is that he has already given. This is past tense. Yahweh, meaning God has given. He's already provided. He's already given all that we need. Somebody say amen to that. Everything that we need, he has given. And that word in that, Yahweh has given, 
it, it, there's a name in the Bible that it represents that. Is there any Jonathans here in this house? Anybody named Jonathan? And, and I was just curious. I, I've had a few friends named Jonathan. Well, that name Jonathan in Hebrew is Jonathan, and it means Yahweh has given. Jonathan. And in 1 Samuel 23, 15, David, who... Keep in mind, was anointed to be the king of Israel, but he was not yet crowned to be king. He was anointed, but not crowned. Saul was still the king, but David was anointed to be the future king, and this was a problematic for Saul. And so David, with 600 of his mighty men, are in the wilderness hiding from Saul, who wanted to kill him. It was a wilderness-type experience, and David's probably wondering, I was just a shepherd boy in the field. I, I didn't sign up for this to be chased like a fugitive, somebody that wants to kill me. You know, I'd just rather go back and be a shepherd boy out on the field, but here I am running for my life in the wilderness because a prophet came along and said, you're anointed to be king. Now, he was all in, but I would have to think that there's those moments in our life a lot of times when we say, Lord, I'm all in, but we're tested in our faith in that wilderness time. And so one day near Horish, which is the wilderness, David received the news that Saul was on his way to Ziph to search for him and kill him. And Jonathan went to find him. This is Saul's son who had this covenant relationship with David. And he found him in the wilderness, and he encouraged him to stay strong in his faith in God. That will preach in itself right there that someone we come to in our life, and they encourage us to stay faithful in our faith in God. And I think that pastors do this every Sunday, is that we want to encourage you to stay strong in your faith in God. We need that encouragement from the word of the Lord and people that believe in us. And he said, don't be afraid, uh, Jonathan reassured him, my father will never find you. You're going to be the king of Israel. You've been anointed, you haven't been crowned yet, but I'm going to just reaffirm to you and validate you that you're going to be the king of Israel, and I'll be next to you as my father uh, Saul is well aware. And so the two of them renewed their solemn pact, or they renewed this covenant before the Lord. Then Jonathan went back home while David stayed at Horesh in the wilderness. And what I feel that the Lord has been speaking to me to prepare myself for uh, in these uh, coming months especially, is to develop covenant encouraging relationships. Now, I don't have a lot of those in my life, but the ones that I do have, what I would call a covenant encouraging relationship, people that I know that have my back no matter what, there's like a covenant relationship that we've got each other's back, and we encourage one another in the faith. Those relationships are incredibly special and important in our Christian faith, and especially in the church. David's wilderness essentially, I believe, is our wilderness, and I believe that this wilderness is a prophetic roadmap of what every believer has to go through to get to their promised land. God has spoken. You know, we have fun together. We worship together. We fight together as we move forward in the church, and as Pastor Josh shares the vision tonight, you know, there's, there's a prophetic roadmap in that, that there's things that we go through that are unforeseen, unexpected. You know, the enemy's going to resist us as we move forward in the vision of the church. There oftentimes will be resistance from the enemy, but I believe it's like this prophetic roadmap, what we all go through to be able to enter into the promised land to receive the, the fulfillment of what God has for us. The first thing he says in this that I think is important, he says, stay strong in your faith. To stay strong in your faith. It's that encouragement that, that only a Jonathan, and Jonathan is Yahweh has given. Think about this. He, had the, he was the rightful heir to the throne as Saul's son. But he gives up that rightful, as a rightful heir of the throne. He says, David is the one who's been anointed. He was a friend to David. He was an encourager of David. And he shows up in the middle of the wilderness, as Jesus does, as many of our friends do. And our faith is encouraged because sometimes we feel that sense of discouragement uh, when we're, we give ourselves completely over to the Lord. And I believe that's why the kingdom is built on relationships, so that we encourage, we exhort, we lift each other up, we pray for one another. And that's the essence of the body of Christ, is that we all 
encourage each other. We have each other's back in the body. It's a community that I'm a part of, that I'm all in with, this community. And by being a part of a community of believers, like Banner Church here in Scottsdale, is that I can continue to walk out my faith knowing that I'm not doing this alone. As they say, we're better together. Amen. We're just better together. I need you. You need me. We need the community together. And so Jonathan, in this intimate relationship he has, it's like his, it's his best friend, you could say, be strong in the faith. You need to stay strong in your faith. And then he says a second, that you're going to be the king. He validates his, his destiny and his identity. This is so critical, especially with our kids and our youth, that we constantly validate them who their identity, that you're a son of God, you're a daughter of the king, and, and this so forth. And we validate that identity of an individual. You're not just an average Christian. You are exceptional, and you're special in the eyes of God, a God who has made a covenant with you, and we covenant with one another, and that validation. I remember seeing Oprah Winfrey's very last show. Some of you might remember it. She's one of the most successful uh, celebrities that we know, or, you know, around the world. Everybody recognizes that name. But in her very last show, she said, I've interviewed over 30,000 people on my show over the years. And she was incredible. People became very successful that nobody even knew about. But when they came on Oprah Winfrey's show, she would validate their identity and destiny. It's like, you can do this. You can accomplish this. And they thought, man, if Oprah Winfrey says I can do that, I can do that. I mean, she had a gift. And if she was a believer, I mean, she would be the best discipler that I think mankind would ever know. I mean, she just knew how to validate people and cause them to believe in their dreams. And she said, the one thing that I found in common with everybody that I have interviewed on this show 30,000 plus people, is they have one thing in common. They all want to be validated. They all want to be validated. God created this for this validation. And I think that David was no exception. He needed to hear again from a Jonathan, from, from a close friend, David, you've been anointed to be king. Someday you will be crowned as king and validated his identity as a young future king, validated his destiny of where he was going to go. And a lot of times the enemy will chip away at our identity and strip that away, and we miss out on the dream and the plan that God has for our life. And I'm so thankful that somebody came to me. I had a pastor, and I had a friend that came to me. Has God called you to this? Then you need to take the risk. You need to buy a ticket. You need to go and put this to the test. You need to take a step of faith. And I'm so glad that someone had enough sensitivity to validate me as a young college student, say, this is your destiny. This is your call. Don't give up on it now. Because if you miss your destiny in the kingdom of God, you've missed the reason that you were born. And it's never too late to rediscover your destiny. It's never too late to get back in the identity that God has called you to live and walk in as you live and breathe on this earth. And then they renewed their solemn pact together. They renewed that, that covenant relationship uh, together. He reminds David that, you know what, I'm all in with you. In, the, in that covenant relationship, and this is so important. I think I was talking to Jamin about this, uh, the historian in our family, who I love to talk to now about biblical ancient history. <laughs> and I said, Jamin, I'm putting together this message. It was about a week and a half ago, and, and I was saying, you know, what, what's your perspective on covenant in the Bible? And he brought up something, and I, you know what, I just want you to, where's Jamin? Right here. I just want you to know I looked this up to make sure it was credible. You know what? <laughs> And you know what? You're right on, man. It was, it was totally credible. And here's what Jamin told me. But well, I'm going to read it. And it says, the covenant relationship in biblical terms, it's the strongest bond known to mankind between God and man and between each other. And first several animals were cut in half. This is like a way a covenant was formed in the Old Testament. And their purpose was to symbolize the penalty for breaking the covenant. And the two men entering a covenant relationship, they walk between and around the animal parts in a figure eight. And the eight its side is the symbol for infinity. And this was to show that they understood and accepted the penalty and that agreement they were committed to forever. In other words, if you don't keep this covenant, it's like you're going to be cut in half. You know, it's like there was a penalty for that. 
But when God entered into his covenant with Abraham, promising him an heir and giving him the promised land, he was the only one that walked between the animals, was the Lord himself. This meant that he was bound to the terms. There was nothing Abraham had to do. In fact, God put him to sleep in Genesis 15, so he couldn't participate. You can read it in Genesis 15. I looked it up. And the lamb was given to Abraham and his descendants unconditionally in, in perpetual terms. In other words, I just want you to have faith and believe. When God sent Jesus and he was sacrificed on the cross, he paid the penalty, he paid the price. There's nothing that you have to do other than open your heart, receive him as Savior, enter into this covenant relationship that he had to, I'll never leave you, I'll never forsake you, I love you with an everlasting love, nothing can separate you from my love, Paul says in the book of Romans, and the list goes on and on and on of this covenant relationship that God has formed with us, and it's interesting that Jonathan reaffirms that covenant like we do in communion, when we partake of communion, it's so significant, I'm renewing and reaffirming the covenant that Jesus has made with me through the cross that he died on. It's really simple. And I appreciate, I'm showing gratefulness for that covenant that he has made. And I can't live by all the rules because, you know, I'm human, but God has just paid the price. We enter into it with just love and acceptance. We receive his forgiveness and we perpetually throughout eternity live in this bond, unconditional love in relationship with Jesus. And I like the sound of that. And when I think of that, I think of being all in. I think that God is all in when he died on the cross. And the message that, that we take to Thailand and what I felt like the Lord was saying to me in this is that I want you to go and I want it to be your purpose and I want it to be your passion and your desire to form encouraging covenant relationships with the people in the church. Just encouraging covenant relationships. And by doing that, we'll be able to form a team. I'm going to be sharing some of the same concepts as, as your pastor here now. Is like, it's so important. It's not like you're giving something the way that you're going to regret. But when you get all in in purpose, when you get all in in your heart in the church, that's when you begin to really see the fruitfulness of your life and your ministry begin to come forward. It can't be halfway. God's like, I want you all in. And when you're all in, you'll be able to see the manifestation of my grace and the miracles that begin to happen in our life when we're all in. I remember one night in my room in that senior year of college, and I, I, it really scared me because I thought, I'm not only losing my natural vision, but what really upset and bothered me is I felt like my, the vision of my heart, the one that you don't utilize your eyesight for, but it, it's what burns in your heart. It's the thing that when you wake up in the morning that you're passionate about, when you go to bed at the night that you're passionate about. I mean, that was beginning to slip away as well. And it really scared me. And I remember praying a prayer, Lord, I don't care if you ever heal my eyes, but Lord, I need you to restore that vision in my heart because that's what drives me. It's that passion. And, and God really did restore that. And I got to a place that's like, you know, if he heals me, he heals me. I'm still going to move forward. I feel like God say, you're looking for the obvious door to go wide open for your confirmation. But Dana, I've called you. Stop looking for the obvious door to open. And maybe you need to start looking for a window of opportunity. You know, and a lot of times we miss that. It's because we're looking for the obvious. And so oftentimes we see expressions of this. And so David, here he is in the middle of the wilderness. And God shows up and sends him Jonathan in this very unique relationship. And they have this covenant together. And if you read later on the scripture, after Jonathan dies in battle, Saul dies in battle, David is ultimately crowned the king over Israel. He's walking around his throne room. It's a great story. It'll preach all day long. He says, ask one of the attendants, is there anybody still left in the house of Saul, Jonathan, that I can show covenant love to and bless them? Because he remembers. I'm in the throne room now. I'm in the palace. I'm crowned as king. I've reached my destiny in the sense of what God spoke to me but if it was not for a Jonathan that showed up in the middle of my wilderness experience when I wanted to just go back and be a shepherd boy again, I thought, I can't do this. But I made a covenant with that guy. 
He was my best friend. Is there anybody left in this house that's still alive that I can show kindness to? And they said, yes, his name is Mephibosheth. Bring him to me. And it was a man who was lame in both of his feet. And David showed him kindness and restored the fortunes of Saul's house to him. And you can read it in the scripture. It's an incredible story. It was because that David continued to live and walk as a king. It's like, I'm all in. I'm all in with my covenant, with my God. I'm all in with covenant with my brothers and my sisters. They're not perfect, but I have made this covenant relationship that I'm going to keep. I get asked this question a lot. What did he ever do for me? What did Jesus do for me? Well, he he did a lot. He gave his robes of righteousness and clothed himself in our garment of sin. He pledged his sword, the word of his mouth, to our defense. He allowed his blood to flow over us, cleansing us from all of our impurities and sin. He shared a covenant meal of bread and wine with us and asked that we do this with each other as a memorial to him. And the list goes on and on in this covenant relationship. I had the privilege, I think that I I count this as such a rich privilege in this church over the years because there's many of you sitting here, some of you that we've married, we got to meet you when you're in college. There's some young millennials here that were crazy enough to help us start this church when it was less than 10 people. I think they just felt sorry for Bridget and I, our sons. It's like, these guys need help. Let's, Let's go help them, you know, at least for a little while and get them started. And a handful of ASU students got on board with us. Many of you know, and I have to tell you, it was, it was like a dry wilderness that when I would come in and we would start the worship and I'm sitting, standing up here on the front row, a couple of times in the first six months, I would look back and there would be nobody. I'm like, oh my goodness, what am I doing here? You know, I mean, it's nobody. And then about the middle of worship, I would, you know, be tempted to look back again. I thought, no, I'm not going to look back because I got to get up here and preach and bring encouragement to the handful of people that show up. You know, I was afraid to look behind me, you know. But as you know, in the middle of worship, you look back and like, oh, it filled up, you know. Everybody just kind of comes in. And this handful of students, many of them are here, they... They were those young millennials that took a risk with us. They became covenant partners in ministry with us and covenant friends and, and just assisted us. And we've had the privilege of, you know, performing many weddings that they have graduated. They're young professionals now in their careers, and they have gotten married. We've watched this progression, and I've learned a lot as I've sat on the ASU campus with many of you that are here today. And, and Bridget and I just would sit there to, to mentor and disciple and to hear your stories. And I'm thinking, my goodness, I'm old enough to be their father, you know, but I'm sitting over here at the school that I went to years ago. And I'm just loving life. And I could do that all day long. But one of the things I, I learned that I've taken notes on over the years, and I count it such a privilege about this millennial generation that really have a desire and a passion and a hunger for covenant relationship, especially with spiritual leaders. And I would hear this oftentimes from many of them. I want you to validate my concerns even if you don't agree with them. And I've learned very quickly in those mentoring sessions that I could never put a period at the end of the sentence and say, well, this is how it is. This is what the way it is, you know. I'd always put a comma at the end of the sentence. And I'm sitting there thinking, you're nuts. I don't agree with this. It's like, I don't know about this, this idea or this opinion that you're thinking. But I'm, th- I'm just going to leave a comma there. And I'm like, you know, when we get together again next week, let's just talk about that again. And I'd just pray for him, you know. I would always leave a comma at the end of the sentence, and I found that to be very helpful. And it would be very helpful in my ministry of the times and the seasons that we live in in this day of time. People want us to validate, even in the world, unbelievers. It's like, I, I need you to validate my concerns. You don't have to agree with it. Don't be so legalistic, but validate. I don't agree with it, but I can validate it. I'll listen to you. And then I would hear this. Look, and everybody, you know, they called me Dana. I mean, and, and it was really unique in the sense of coming out of a more traditional church where it was almost kind of like, we can't call the pastor by his first name, but, you know, everybody called me by my first name in the church, especially the millennials, and I love that because it, it just can, helped us connect with them, and they would say, I'm not looking for this perfect leader, but I'm just looking for a real leader. You don't need to be perfect, but I, I don't want you just to do life with me in the church, but I want you to do life with me outside the church. Somebody say amen to that. 
And this is the thing that Bridget and I thrived on, and we were able to develop covenant relationships. It didn't happen because we met people at the door and loved them and say, hey, we love you, and I preach my sermon and send them home. But it was during the middle of the week that, honestly, the most dynamic, effective ministry that took place for us, Bridget will agree, is when we met with you and we did life with you outside the church. You saw us up close and personal. Some of you know our weaknesses. Please don't share them. Okay, you promise you're in covenant. Don't share those things. You saw us up close and personal. You saw us when we're irritated with each other and we're, we're, we're kind of fighting right in front of you. You know, you saw all that, but you loved it because it was real. It's like if Daniel and Bridget can do it, I can do it. <laughs> and it was awesome. Covenant encouraged relationships. And finally, they Oftentimes, it's just like, and I heard this from my sons who are mentally ill, just let me be me. Let, just let them be the best them, not the best me. I want them to be the best them, not the best me. Yeah, I reproduce the attributes of Christ, but I want them to be in their own identity. I want to validate them. I want you to understand that God validates how different you are and how unique you are, how crazy you are. He wants to use that craziness and that passion in your life. And Bridget and I always taught in our sessions, look, we can speak from experience. If you dare to do the ridiculous, God will do the impossible. <laughs> you know what? Just the wor What's the worst that could happen? You make a mistake. It doesn't work out. You come back. We talk about it. And you know what? You, nobody is ever deemed a failure in the kingdom of God. You know, an incident can be deemed a failure, but not a person. Nobody's a failure in the kingdom. Nobody. Let's just take the risk. Let's, yeah, we'll make mistakes along the way. It might not work out, but let's come back and talk about it. Let's, let's launch again. Let's try it again until, you know, we get it right and the Lord opens the door and, and then we would just launch out. It was the craziness. And I've got a sermon series that I'm going to do next year. Damon laughs at this. I was telling him last night, I've got a series. I'm going to title it Embracing the Madness. Because <laughs> that's what sometimes I feel like I do as a leader, just embracing the madness and talking about the Beatitudes, this upside-down kingdom that we live in, that all the principles of God's kingdom are so vastly different than the world. It's like embracing the madness, but yet it's, it's, a, it's a wonderful madness and a mess that we live in because in the midst of it, Jesus is Lord. In the midst of it, I have a covenant God that has made covenant in relationship with me that he allows me the flexibility to take the risk and intend days to get on a plane with 12 suitcases and everything else is sold except I haven't been on put on the block but she's threatened me uh, you know it's like if I don't shape up I'm gonna put you on the block and sell you and, and we're going to Thailand to extend and advance the kingdom purposes of Almighty God to connect our churches together in relationship so that we can partner together knowing we're better together even if we're several thousand miles away and I close with this Everyone in this room, I've said a lot. I'm just jammed it all in here. I apologize. But everyone in this room has the opportunity to go anywhere in the world on their knees. You can go to Thailand on your knees. And you can pray and pray for us and pray for the harvest that we believe that God's going to give in this nation that less than 1% are believers. The passion to go into unreached, unreached people groups, peoples that have never been reached, and, and to inspire them with the knowledge of a covenant-making God that has already paid the price, that wants to make a covenant relationship with you that will forever change your life. I get, Man, I get the privilege of preaching this message to a lost and a dying world and to see the transformation. That's the honor and the privilege as a pastor that I get to do and go to a, a faraway place like this. Is there sacrifices involved? Yeah, the biggest sacrifice is having to say goodbye to you, to say goodbye to my family. That's the biggest sacrifice. But yet, as I look over the course of my life and years ago when I took that first step and I got on that plane, my mom and dad were standing there at Sky Harbor Airport, and I, I knew I was called. I knew I was all in. God it did a miracle with my eyes. But then right before I walked down that jetway to get on the plane. I looked back at my mom and I said, Mom, what if it doesn't work out? My mom just gave the greatest answer. Moms just have a way of doing that. She says, it's okay if it doesn't work out. You can always come back home and we'll be here waiting for you. So that's all I needed here. What if the jetway got on the plane? What if it doesn't work out? 
I think Josh and Katie probably would just say, well, come on back home. It's okay. But you know what? It's going to work out. It's going to work out because we're all in. God is all in. He gave his son. He's all in. And because he's all in, it will work out. And we're going to take the steps of faith together. And tonight, when you come into vision night, and as your pastor shares the vision, I want you to come. And if you just said this to him and to the Lord, I'm all in. I'm all in with this vision. Amen. Amen. Would you just bow your hearts and heads with me uh, just for a moment? I, I want to ask you, and this is my last time to share with you um, probably at least for another year before we come back to just visit for a brief time. And, but I, I want to ask the question as you're sitting here, maybe you walked through the door of this church and, and perhaps and you've never um, had a covenant relationship with Jesus. And I, I want to propose this question to you because it really is the most important decision you would ever make in all of your life is just to accept him as Lord and King and Savior in, in a covenant relationship. And he's done all the work. He, he really has. And he's just asking for you to be able to open your heart and to receive him as Lord and Savior. It's just a game changer for our life. And, man, I wouldn't do it any different. It's, it's been wild. Like I said, it's just... It's like embracing the madness, but you know what? I wouldn't have it any other way. I, I love this life. I love what God is doing. I love just living by faith, you know? I don't want everything just to be controlled, and I, I want to see what's going to happen next and what God is going to do and how he's going to do it. But God wants you to be in that place. And if you're here this morning and you're like, hey, Dana, I, I want to have a covenant relationship. I'm just going to have you pray where you're sitting, and nobody's going to embarrass you. But if you're here... And you feel like the Lord is speaking to you that to enter into a covenant relationship with him, it's a Jonathan, it's the Jonathan spirit. Just raise your hand right now and just say, that's me, yes. Anybody else? Yes. That's me. Amen. Amen. I promise you, this is the most transforming decision you'll ever make. Anybody else? Raise your hand and say, Dana, that's me. I'm ready. I, I want to make that covenant relationship. Amen. Amen. Thank you for raising your hand. Would you all pray this prayer together with me? And those who raised their hand, pray this with just the sincerity of your heart. And Jesus will meet you right where you're sitting right now. Just follow me in this prayer and repeat after me. Just say, dear Jesus, I love you. And I want you in my life. Forgive me of all of my sin and failures. I receive you as my Lord and Savior. I receive that covenant relationship. Lord, change my life. Change my direction. And give me a destiny in your kingdom. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Would you just applaud those who welcome them? We welcome you into the family of God here this morning. We just thank you here this morning. And I um, to pray, you know, that... There are many believers. I know so many of them. That's what makes this church so special is we have a Jonathan spirit here that when you're struggling in your faith, you know, we don't want to talk or criticize about people. When they're struggling in their faith, what they need is just someone to come to them like a Jonathan and like, you got to stay in the game. You got to, you're all in. You make this going. We're going to encourage your faith. It didn't validate their identity and their destiny. This is what God has called you to and just renew. Like, I'm here for you. I'm in covenant relationship with you. You're not alone. We're better together. Amen. And we do that. This church will explode because people in the world are wanting this. It's not, it's not difficult. The church is about this kind of Jonathan spirit. And if we maintain that in the church, this church will explode and continue to grow like you can't imagine because that's what people really want. We love you. Pray for us. Um, we just, we're indebted to you and what God has done here. We're so grateful to be a part of your life and to be in covenant with you. And, and we're just excited for about what God has. Amen? Amen. God bless you, Pastor Josh. Would you come? Hey, I'm going to invite uh, Pastor Dan and Bridget up in just a second. We're going we're gonna to pray together for them and send them uh, to end our service this morning. Honestly, just so excited. Uh, I, hope if, I hope if you're new at Banner Church, you realize 
what an amazing thing is happening. If you haven't been around church for a while, then you know usually churches can be territorial and prideful and, and have these kind of issues. And yet what's been such a blessing, I think, in our life is seeing when you lay down yourself and you just say, God, we want to glorify you. We want to exalt you. We want to say your will be done. Cool things happen. The fact that we can be a church of, you know, there's 107 people here in this room this morning, and yet we're going to have a sister church in Bangkok, Thailand. Um, that doesn't happen. as <laughs> like a rule. Um, but it's a blessing because of what God's doing. And it's because your guys' faithfulness and your guys' uh, willingness to step out. And a lot of people hand things over uh, when they get bad. They rarely hand them over when they get really good. <laughs> and so uh, we, we love and value you guys for that, honestly. And I just wanted to read something over you. Uh, it's a prayer for spiritual strength that I've just been praying for this church. But I want to pray for you guys and really on behalf of uh, Banner Church Bangkok as well that we would pray. But it comes from Ephesians 3. For this reason, I bow my knees before the Father from whom every family in heaven and on earth is named here and in Bangkok that according to the riches of his glory, he may grant you to be strengthened with power through his spirit in your inner being so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you being rooted and grounded in love may have strength to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and length and height and depth and to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. Now to him who is able to do far more abundantly than all that we ask or think, all that we could ever even dream for Banner Bangkok or Banner Scottsdale, according to the power at work within us, to him be the glory in the church in Christ Jesus through all generations forever and ever. Can we pray for you this morning? Would you guys come up? Would you guys do me a favor? Would you just reach out your hands towards Dane and Bridget this morning? Reach out your hands towards them and we want to pray together. Lord God, we thank you for this amazing, amazing couple, God. We, we mourn that, that they'll be far from us, but God, we rejoice that you're taking them to exactly the perfect place, exactly where you've called them. And God, we know the cost for them is great, but God, we also have already seen the fruit that is beginning to come forth in this church, even though they're miles away, God, what you've already even begun to do in that city, God, because of this couple's willingness to be all in. And so God, as they step off the that plane, God, I pray that you would give them the land of their feet, God, that no stronghold of the enemy would prevail, that nothing, that no scheme of the enemy would come against them, but God, as they step and as they walk in faith, God, that you would give them the land of their feet, God, that you would give them the red light district, that you would give them that college and university, that you would give them that, that neighborhood in that city, God, for their glory, that you would give them uh, that ministry for sealed in the conference, God that you would do it all, not by their power, but by yours, God. And I pray that as churches that exist on almost completely opposite sides of the world, that there would be an immense unity, a global unity between these ministries and between these churches. And we would see you move, God, in powerful ways through prayer and through worship, through the declaring of your word, God, and that you would use them, God, that you would speak through them, God, that you would use them for healing miracles and deliverance miracles, God, that you would use them to break chains and release those from addiction, God, and from bondage. And so, God, we release them together as a church, and we say thank you, Lord, for what you're doing, God, in Banner Church, both here and far. God, thank you for the blessing, God. I pray that as we as a church go all in, God, that we would just see amazing things happen through this couple. Protect them and guide them in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Can we thank Dana and Bridget this morning? Hey, I'm going to do one more thing this morning, and then we'll be done. I'm going to invite our ushers. Uh, Katie is going to have our usher team come, come out and just hand everybody one of these cards and just pass them down the row. <laughs> I like that Dana is preaching on All In because you kind of already been preparing that before we talked about what the missions month, and I was like, perfect, you're going to love our theme. Uh, but I'm going to give you one of these cards, and this is called a commitment card. And we don't call things pledge cards. We don't call things, you know, all these things. It's not a pledge drive. It's not a missions drive. It's not all this stuff. Trust me, uh, I've done the art for those things for years. Uh, 
but this is a commitment. Here's what I want you to do. I want you to take this card, and if you're a first-time guest, so don't feel weird, you can take it and, you know, give it right back. It's fine. Don't worry. Uh, but I, I want you to take this card. I want you to take it, put it in your Bible, take it with you, put it in your car, and just pray. Pray on it as a family. Because this all-in missions initiative is us going above and beyond our regular giving to give to missions. So whatever comes in, it doesn't go to me. It doesn't go to paying bills here. It doesn't go to keeping the lights on. It doesn't go to any of that. It literally comes in and goes right back out to what the Lord's doing in the community. So it comes in and it goes right back out. So this is for you as a family to bless you. I want to give you the opportunity to be blessed as a family or as an individual, whether you're young or old, to say, I'm going to show the Lord, hey, even in this tiny way, maybe it's my latte a month, five, ten bucks. I'm just going to give and say, hey, Lord, I'm going to be all in for missions this month and seed in and believe what God's going to do kind of across the globe both through heart encouragement, ministering to cancer, uh, people going through cancer treatment, through um, OCJ kids ministering in the foster care group homes. I went to a meeting this last week, and I got to tell you, the need is so, it's just greater than you could ever imagine. It's, yeah. Into Thailand, this goes all the way across the world, but it goes not just there. It goes to our five uh, missionaries in the Arab world and lived it. It goes to Nepal and the churches we planted. It goes uh, locally into Phoenix Ministries. It goes into Chi Alpha all across the state and across the nation. It goes to 30 different places. And so I, the reason I'm giving you this is because I don't want anyone to say, oh, Pastor Josh talks about money and pressures me. You got to take this home and pray about it. And what the Lord directs you is what I want you to bring it back with and to say, hey, this is my commitment and I'm good wherever you're at because we have a generous church we're not changing character. We're just doubling down on it. So I love that we have a generous church. I thank you for your generosity. And so I want to invite you. Would you just, if you have this, would you just lift this up with me? We're going to pray one more time before I release you. In fact, would you just stand with your card uh, this morning? Just kind of take that in your hand and, and lift it up. You can even do the half elbow bend. If you grew up Lutheran or something, you're still not quite Pentecostal. <laughs> you just get me on the half bend. That's fine. <laughs> Uh, but let's pray for these together. And again, this is not pressure, but belief in, in what we can release. I want in the future for our children to look back and see what God has done in this church because your faithfulness. One of, you might be one of those couples, Dana Bridget, married. Someday your kids are going to look back and see uh, a church that went all in for missions. We're believing together. Lord God, we lift this up together and we say, God, would you just, would you guide us? God, we want to do, we want to be in your will. We want to walk with you. We want to make decisions that are based upon your will and your leading and your directing. And so, God, would you stretch us, grow us, direct us, God, whatever is required. And, God, if there's anything in our hearts, we just say we're all in for missions. And whatever that might be, God, we say thank you for the opportunity to seed into your ministry, God. We could sit on the sidelines, but instead we choose to be all in. God, to reflect on the short life we have and say we never missed an opportunity to be all in for your mission. So we give these to you. May you have the glory forever and ever. Amen. 